Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. Sermon text today is from our Old Testament reading from Zephaniah 3. Fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. This is our text. I think one of the best parts of the Christmas season has got to be the Christmas music that seems to fill these days. And of course, in church here, it's still Advent. We've got a bit more waiting before we go all out with full blast Christmas carols and songs. But out there in the world around us, they don't think too much about Advent, and so it's already Christmas full blast. And Christmas music is everywhere. It's interesting, I think, what our culture typically considers to be Christmas classics or even Christmas songs. For me, and probably for you, Christmas music means away in a manger, joy to the world, silent night. But on the local radio station devoted to playing Christmas music, the standards are songs like Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, or I'll Have a Blue Christmas Without You, or All I Want for Christmas is You. It seems, I guess, that the only two requirements for a song to make it onto the playlist of Christmas music is that the word Christmas appears somewhere in the song and that it's not overly religious. And so at Christmas time, there are, it seems, a lot of Christmas songs that aren't about Christmas at all. I have yet to understand what feeding the world has to do with Christmas or what giving away your heart last year only to have it re-gifted the very next day or a hippopotamus has to do with Christmas. And of course, it's to be expected that the people of this world around us don't really understand what makes a Christmas song a Christmas song. It's understandable that our local Christmas station plays so many wrong songs that aren't about Christmas at all. What's a little harder for me to understand is when people who know better do the same thing and they start singing the wrong songs at Christmas. It's sad when God's people let the Christmas station and all the other wrong, false voices from the world define and shape their understanding and their celebration of Christmas. And it happens. It's sad when you and I sing the wrong songs at Christmas time. But the wrong songs that ruin and contaminate our celebrations of Christmas are much more dangerous and more powerful than silly tunes with trite lyrics that show up on the radio. Those might be harmless enough. The wrong songs that find their way into our minds and onto our lips can't be clicked off or tuned out with the tap of a button. The wrong songs that cause us trouble 
are the ideas, the attitudes, and the assumptions that creep into our thinking that can steal the real Christmas song and replace it with one that is phony, self-absorbed, and finally, not Christian. Let me show you what I mean. One of the wrong songs that we hear a lot this time of year is called The Best Christmas Ever. And you'll hear this tune blaring from radios and billboards, from TVs and websites as retailers lure you to come and buy. It's been remarkable, actually, to watch our culture embrace the very term Black Friday and normalize it, elevating it to a national holiday. Well, maybe a worldwide holiday. They actually observe Black Friday in Norway, and they don't even celebrate Thanksgiving there. In truth, I think it's become sort of a series of days. We have Black Friday, and then Small Business Saturday, and then Cyber Monday, and now Giving Tuesday. And even the seminary now observes Giving Tuesday and raised $62,000 this past Giving Tuesday. The best Christmas ever song, you see, just takes for granted that it's all about money and stuff that money can buy. You measure Christmas and the success of Christmas by the number and the value of the gifts given and received. The best Christmas ever song gets stuck in people's heads like an earworm, and it drives them to crazy things, shopping relentlessly and foolishly well beyond their financial limits simply so they can have the best Christmas ever. People bury themselves under a mountain of debt. This is a wrong song. Now, there are other wrong songs, of course, songs that you may catch yourself humming that aren't so obviously wrong. I mean, it's easy to spot the sin in rampant consumerism, but what could be wrong with singing a song about world peace? One of the most popular songs this time of year is the one about peace on earth, and why not? I mean, the angels themselves sang that song, and we hear it all the time. This is the season of goodwill, a time to celebrate the brotherhood of man. It's time for getting along, declaring truces, burying hatchets. It's time for wars to end, hate to die, and peace to spread. But all this misses the point. The true Christmas song is about much more than peace on earth. The Peace on Earth song is not a bad song, but it's not enough. It leaves out what matters most. And because of that, Peace on Earth is a wrong Christmas song. But I suppose you probably knew better than to reduce Christmas to a vague wish for world peace. Maybe your favorite Christmas song is one closer to the heart, one called the gift of family. This time of year, you like to turn your gaze homeward, and you delight in being with those you love. You thank God for your spouse and your kids, your siblings and parents and all of your other extended family, and you sing the song that celebrates family love and the warmth of home. For you, it's not the gifts, it's not the food, it's not hopeful dreams of world peace. For you, Christmas is simple. 
It's all about family. That's what Christmas is. But this song is not right either. This song substitutes a good thing for the one most important thing. The gift of family song turns family into an idol. Like peace on earth, it's just another wrong Christmas song. But these songs are popular, aren't they? Even Christians sing them. And maybe that's because the real Christmas song is frankly hard to sing. The real Christmas song is the one about Jesus. And Jesus, of course, is what was missing from all those other wrong songs. But the real Christmas song is difficult. The words aren't easy. And it's tough to get through all the verses. There are a lot of them. You know the song. It starts sweetly enough. A quiet stable, shepherds, a baby. Nothing too hard about any of that. But that's only the first verse. As the song continues in the subsequent verses, it picks up intensity and force. It's hard to sing the part about the baby coming to save not nice people who just need a little love, but to save sinful and wicked people, people who refuse to obey their Creator's will. It's hard to admit that Jesus came to save perverse, nasty people who can't save themselves and who don't really want to be saved. And it's hard to admit that this repulsive group of people called sinners who deserve God's wrath and who deserve God's hell includes even you. Now, that's not nice or fun, but it is an essential verse of the real Christmas song. And it's hard to keep singing the real Christmas song when it gets to those verses about Jesus growing up and being rejected and hung on a cross and killed by the sinners of this world who did not want the salvation He came to give. And in a world that demands tolerance and long-suffering, it's not easy to sing that verse that because God raised Jesus from the dead, He is now and for all time the Lord of the entire universe and the one and the only way for anyone, anywhere, to ever be right with God. Let's be honest. This is a vital part of the Christmas song that even many church-going Americans no longer believe. The person bold enough to declare that the only way for anyone anywhere to ever be right with God is through Jesus Christ alone will be condemned as intolerant, offensive, hateful. Jesus only. Ha. Huh. That's hard. And you may be tempted to quit singing that verse. But it is essential to the song. Jesus is Lord. He said it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You see, you can't reject that truth if you're going to sing the truth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior if you're going to sing the true Christmas song. It's not easy to sing the real Christmas song. It's not easy to sing about sin and crucifixion 
and Jesus alone. It's tempting to choose silence instead. It's tempting to just surrender to the pressure from the world and start singing along with one of those easier, more popular, romantic Christmas songs about gifts and peace and family. So what song do you sing at Christmas? Do you sing the real song? Maybe it's getting hard to pick out the tune, the true melody, from all those other songs that you hear. Maybe you have even been skipping a few of the verses, and now some of the words have become a little bit fuzzy and uncertain. Maybe you've caught yourself humming the tune and joining in on the chorus of one of those wrong Christmas songs. It happens, doesn't it? Those parts of the real song about sin, cross, death, and Jesus alone, they get left out. And then it's not long before another happier song is being sung. No more hard stuff, just world peace and brotherhood of man and family and the best Christmas ever. Anything but a song about the world's only Savior from sin. What song are you singing? The first Christmas was still centuries away when Zephaniah told God's people to sing the right songs. Those who heard Zephaniah preach didn't have it easy. Most people in their time were more interested in politics, the state of business and the economy, or their family's prosperity than they were about knowing and following God's truth. Thriving as individuals and as families was far more important than getting worked up about religion and theology. Funny how little things change. In Zephaniah's day, people were singing wrong songs. And the prophet then told them to repent and sing God's song. In sermon after sermon and prophecy after prophecy, he told people what mattered. He told them that God was with them, right in the middle of them. The point is simple, you see. If that's true, if God's right smack in the middle of you, when you remember that God is with you, caring for you and guiding you, you can't keep singing the wrong songs. For Zephaniah and his people, this was actually more of a promise than a present reality. It was more hope than something that was here right now. But for you, for you it's the opposite. You see, you live on this side of Bethlehem. God has come. You live in the reality of God with you right now in word and sacrament. This is not a someday promise. It's a right now reality. God comes to you today. And when God is with you, present with you right now, you can't keep singing wrong songs. You can't do it. Because when God comes to you, He does the most remarkable thing. He sings the song. God sings to you. And His song is not dark or harsh or scary. He does not sing a dirge. God sings a song of joy song of comfort, a song of grace, and he sings it to you. This, of course, is the real point of Christmas. Angel choirs filled the sky with glorias, and Mary hummed her lullabies to baby Jesus. 
but it was God's singing that mattered. And God's Christmas song didn't come from the skies outside Bethlehem, and it didn't come from Mary sitting by Jesus. It came from the manger. God sang His song of joy and comfort and grace through Jesus. And He's still singing that song today. You've heard it. You know it. You first heard it at the baptismal font. Soft and sweet, God sang the song to you. Soft and sweet, God sang you His lullaby. You are mine, He sang. You belong to me. You will always belong to me. For you, that's when the song began. And you've heard it again and again since then. Week after week, God sings to you from the chancel. Forgiven, you are forgiven. No matter the sin, no matter how dreadfully you have failed to sing the song, no matter what wrong songs have been on your lips, He sings all that away. And here, in every celebration of the Lord's Supper, God sings His song to all your senses. You hear it, see it, smell it, and taste it. And it's God's song of delight. In the supper, He sings over you and into you, telling you that you still belong to Him and that you will live with Him forever. God is not done singing. On the last day, the day of resurrection, His song is going to swell to a crescendo, unspeakably perfect. And on that day, one more time, He will sing to you. Rise up, child. You belong to me. You're mine forever. That's God's song. He will sing it to you on the day that He raises you from the dead. He's singing it to you right now, this morning. You belong to me. And as you go out from this place, back into the reality of your everyday life, he keeps singing to you, and the song becomes a march. And your pace quickens, and your stride strengthens, and your head is lifted up, and you step into the world certain and confident and committed because God's song is in your heart and in your head. God's song is on your lips. It's God's song that matters. He's singing that song to you and through you. Others hear it too. They hear God's song in your life and on your lips. It's God's Christmas song that matters, people. He's singing it, and you hear it. Don't get distracted by all the wrong songs you hear this time of year, and don't let them get stuck in your head. Open your ears to God's song. You'll never get tired of hearing it, and God never gets tired of singing it, and He never changes His tune. It's always the same. You are mine forever. You are mine forever. You are mine forever. Keep listening to God's song. He sings it to you. Keep singing God's song. He sings it through you. Amen. Lord God, your song is beautiful. Help us to hear it alone and to live in its truth alone. Through us, sing your song to the people we meet each day. Amen.